Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Absolutely, we do it bigger and better and longer than anybody out here on Blog Talk. We will get loud from time to time. We don't, we don't, uh, we try not to do that uh, too often anyway. Now, we will, from time, like I said, from time to time, we will uh, do what we got to do to, uh, to get our, uh, to get a word in, to get a, a word in. Sometimes we have to uh, crank up the volume a little bit. Hey, it's Saturday, October thirty first, Halloween. Y'all, y'all be careful out there. My Detroit friends, don't burn the city down. Don't burn the city down, Motown. Hey, back in the day. <laughs> hey, hey, back in the day when I was coming up, they uh. They burned that whole town down almost on Halloween. I think they cooled down since uh, since then. I think the most towns have cooled down since then. Happy Halloween, y'all. Good Hushville Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not in the sense that sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Ain't no doubt. We, uh, I like to keep everything on the even keel. Uh, got a great show for you this evening. Uh, we're gonna, I guess we'll look back at the Republican, whatever that was. I guess it was one of the debates. I don't know what it was. One thing we know what it wasn't. It wasn't a, a, a debate. So I don't know what we're gonna call it. They left there that evening. Uh, the candidates. Um, arguing with the uh, moderators. They spent more time arguing with the moderators than they did talking about just what it is that they would do if they uh, got to be president. I don't know how anybody's going to form any kind of educated uh, opinion from from that group of characters. Now, they want to uh, set up their own format for uh, the debates. I guess next, uh, they're going to want to ask their own questions. They're going to want to ask their own questions, write the questions down themselves and hand it to the moderators, have moderators read it back to them. That's what the, what it sounds like to me. I don't know. They said they're having some kind of powwow tomorrow in D.C. The Republic being Carson and Donald Trump is leading the, <laughs> this revolt against the Republican Party National Committee. They're they not even inviting the RNC, Reese Priebus and his gang. I don't blame for that. I don't blame for getting rid of that character or trying to get him out of the way because that guy's a complete idiot. Uh, they probably wish, wishing for Richard Steele back around about now because who they got rid of that RNC is a bunch of idiots, but then the candidates is uh, uh, 
I don't know how much better they are. <laughs> hey, I'm, I might be, uh, I'm not biased. I'm an independent. I'm a registered Democrat, but I, uh, uh, my man is independent. But you know that right now. I, I look at the president, the presidency, uh, with an independent man. I'm not beholden to any uh, party when I, uh, uh, the, decide on uh, who I'm going to vote for for president. Although I'm a registered Democrat right now, my uh, the horse I got in this race is Sandy, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. I'm supporting Bernie Sanders right now. Uh, should he lose, uh, I'm, over, I'm supporting Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is more qualified to be president than uh, maybe anybody in this whole 30-some-odd uh, candidate race. You know? uh, I'm voting for Bernie because I like his uh, uh, so, uh, social uh, ideas. But it's going to be hard for him to win the, the primary. It's going to be hard for him to get to the general. But I don't see anybody over there on that uh, Republican side that's going to make it through the primaries now. Uh, if I was, uh, would give one of them a look, it would be John Kasich from Ohio, then uh, perhaps uh, Bush from Florida. But the rest of those characters, I'd be scared to death if any of those jokers got anywhere near that uh, presidency. If any one of those others uh, jokers got anywhere clear. And Christie's all right, but he's kind of a bully, uh, bully but I believe he could probably... Uh, uh, be about a, a B minus, about a C minus uh, president. But, uh, so you got three out of the 14 that's running that I probably would uh, take a look at. Christie, uh, uh, Kasich, and uh, uh, Bush. Those are the only three I consider on the Republican side. Uh, uh, and I know George Bush was a, a subpar president. Uh, uh, with some of the shenanigans that he did. Uh, first of all, uh, Trump is right. 9-11 happened under his administration. Him and Cheney, uh, the books got to stop there. And Jeb don't need to be running around talking about how safe his brother kept us. Brother doesn't keep us safe. Hell, 3,000 Americans died on 9-11. That was under their watch. Say what you will, it was under their watch. And uh, you talking about Hillary and four, uh, uh, they try uh, uh, people getting killed in Ben Gaza. Here's three thousand uh, folks got killed right here in this country. Nineteen thugs hijacked four planes and killed three thousand plus Americans on our soil under uh, the Bush administration. Now, that's just a fact. And uh, so you can't say he kept us safe. You talking about kept us safe when? <laughs>
commit reparation is due because it injured uh, my people, Americans of African descent, uh, financially in a big, big way. In a big, big way. Uh, until this day, uh, we still suffer uh, from those injuries. We still suffer from those injuries. Uh, Brown, among other things, uh, said that uh, the Center for Equal Laws that uh, were on the books was inherently uh, unequal and set them aside. Well, there's got to be a yin and a yang there. If they were unequal, how are uh, you to make it uh, right? If it was unequal for 90 years and you separated me out of society and you deprived me of equal uh, opportunity in the workplace because of uh, my race, if you denied me equal protection in the workplace and education, no institutions, how are you going to uh, make that thing equal? Right now, uh, uh, people are running around talking about, oh, yeah, everybody got an equal chance in this great uh, democracy of ours of America. But what about the 100 years between the Civil War and 1960, really, because after Brown overturned it, uh, uh, we still didn't get any... uh, 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 just do until the 60s. We have to march in the street there to get some kind of appointed affirmative action. Uh, throw his rights, uh, uh, shenanigans, and all that stuff. Uh, the Constitution said that uh, we should have had all along, uh, guaranteed by the 13th, 14th, or 15th Amendment. So after that civil war, after 600,000 people died, of which almost 100,000 was. Uh, America's rapid sent that in that war to obtain those uh, those new final rights there after some 300 years of slavery here in this country. Yeah. It's crazy. Don't let anybody uh, Facebook friends, uh, how y'all doing? I'm on Rand tonight because I really uh, I'm teeing off with the Republicans and the shenanigans that they are trying to uh, put over of the American people. Uh, they better get a serious candidate. If anybody like Donald, uh, Donald Trump or Ben Carson or Ted Cruz or Rubio, if any of those jokers come close to that presidency, we are in trouble, y'all. Let me tell you, this country is in trouble. People better start paying attention because those folks are not qualified to be president. If they come up with a candidate, other than John Kasich, Jeb Bush, or maybe uh, 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 Christie, uh, that partisan, already the Republican Party is imploding uh, right before our very eyes. They have divorced themselves, a certain segment of that, of the candidates have divorced themselves from the National Republican Party. They want to run their own uh, show. But I, I got news for them. Only one of the Olympics is going to make it out of that primary. It's going to be a whole different ball game once that primary thing is over and they pick a candidate. You can't write your own rules <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, 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 the news media. You cannot write the uh, uh, you can't write uh, the rules for the news media. That's like uh, the government controlling. 
the news media. The news media. You can't uh, control the news media, uh, Republicans. You cannot control the news media. They uh, uh, seem to forget what happened the last time we had a Republican president, George W. Bush, uh, in 2001, right after 9-11 there. He uh, cut taxes. Cut taxes and shortly thereafter started a war. Went to a war in Iraq, a war that should have never have been fought uh, at the tune of some $2 trillion. At the same time, cut taxes on the wealthy and uh, wondering why at the end of his administration, the, company, uh, the country is bankrupt. The country is bankrupt. And uh, they uh, want you to forget about that little. Uh, 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 his a bit of history. We go to war in a country where we should uh, never have gone to war. Spent two trillion plus dollars on that war, and at the same time cut taxes uh, for the wealthy. While we trying to uh, fight a war, do it make sense, y'all? I'm not an economist, but little old me can see that ain't gonna ever add up if you got us. Uh, if it takes tax dollars to fight a war. Uh, what they do, they dip it in the Social Security. Just take money from anywhere to pay for that war. They pay for a $2 trillion war without uh, <laughs> no way of paying for it. And all of a sudden, uh, we Americans are supposed to forget about uh, what the Republicans did. Bankrupt the country. Uh, and we're supposed to uh, uh, forgive them for after uh Barack Obama get us out of that malaise that uh, he found uh, uh, the country in when he took over uh, some seven years ago. We're supposed to forget uh, about that. Put uh, uh, somebody like Donald Trump or being Carson in charge of this country? Come on, y'all. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Do it make sense? Do any of that stuff make sense? Certainly don't make sense to me. Some maniac in South Carolina, y'all, threw a young uh, girl, drug her out of a seat in a classroom, threw her across the floor. in high school, drug her out of her seat and literally threw her across the classroom floor, y'all. Uh, I, it was one of the most uh, vicious things I've seen to happen in a high school with someone uh, uh, of authority, somebody with a gun on a hip. Throwing this young 16-year-old girl, black girl, out of her seat 
throwing her across the floor. I don't care what she did. She didn't hit nobody. She didn't do any of that. She uh, may have not moved when somebody told her to move. But whatever she did, she didn't deserve that nowhere near. I don't know what I would have done had it been my my daughter. I don't know what I would have done. It wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been a rational thing. I know that I would have uh, absolutely went all. I don't know how far I would have took it, but I absolutely would have went all. If anybody had to put their hands on my daughter like that, I would have went all. And I don't know how. Uh, I don't know what the end result would have been. Uh, it would have been pretty. It would have been pretty. Either way it went, it would not have been pretty. This is crazy, y'all. We have got to uh, uh, let folks know that we don't want police, the police, uh, 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 attacking our young folks uh, when they're not uh, 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 for no good reason. We don't want them attacking our young folks for no good reason. That was not a good reason because she set up and they're not moving. Hey. Uh, dismiss the class and leave. Let the teacher leave and then deal with her parents uh, afterwards. That's the correct thing. Tell the teacher dismiss class until the next day. Dismiss us an hour. They got to set up and then dismiss it. I'm out of here. Teacher, uh, get on the phone with the girl's parents and tell her she can't come back into class no more after today. But don't dare call a maniac in there with a gun to uh, drag her out of class. That is the most uh, craziest thing I've seen. Don't dare do that. So I'm blaming the school administrators. They didn't handle that in a real good way. Uh, they didn't handle that in a real good way. And one thing, I'm taking my kid out of that school. She ain't going to ever go back there after I go down there and uh, terrorize that place. Uh, she she be out of that school the next day. I'd have run another school somewhere. <clears throat> I, I'm I'm just so upset about that. Hey y'all, welcome to the high school back for empire model to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not necessarily sometimes we'll do it louder. Uh, than anybody out here on blog talk, yeah. and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna crank it up a little bit, uh, the volume up a little bit this evening, because uh, this something's got to give, and uh, yeah, black lives do matter. Uh, black lives do matter. You can't just drag out uh, and terrorize our, uh, our young kids like that. That's a no-no. We got to put a stop to it. Imagine if there had been a black policeman throwing some 16-year-old white girl around on the floor. That white community would have uh, uh, rose up and, and, and came down there with a mob and hung him. In South Carolina, you imagine if a black policeman had to throw a 16-year-old white girl across the floor? <laughs> the Klan would have came in there and hung that officer, drug him out of wherever he was and hung him up on one of them trees down there in South Carolina, yeah. Come on. 
we have got to uh, uh, demand uh, justice uh, for our young folks, for our community. We want equal uh, uh, treatment under the law. We want equal treatment under the law. We want the same respect that's afforded to uh, any other citizens, no matter what their color uh, is in this country. We want the same, uh, the same treatment. In 2015, we should, uh, uh, we thought we. Uh, uh, would be getting the same uh, uh, treatment, but no, that's, uh, that's nowhere even close. Uh, that's nowhere uh, even close. We are. Uh, I don't know yet. We've got some work to do. We got some serious work to do in our community in terms of uh, making our voices heard, so that uh, so that people could really understand uh, that it's uh, not our right uh, for a, a policeman to be uh, dragging our young folks uh, across the floor in a high school. They should not be coming in the classroom unless uh, somebody's in there uh, uh, fighting and uh, otherwise they're serving the peace. Don't come in the classroom, period. They should not be in the classroom. Teach a kind of a student uh, uh, and the students are not fighting. Uh, dismiss the class and leave and handle it afterwards. That's what uh, that's the proper procedure. Dismiss the class and leave. The teacher get the heck out of there. Go down to the principal's office, your superior, and tell him that you can't handle the, that class. And uh, uh, tell him to get with that parent uh, walk room and lock the door. October 31st, uh, 2015. It's about uh, 28 minutes after 7. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls here, y'all. We'll uh, be back at the turn. You got me hush while y'all hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here 
in cyberspace.
In the background, y'all, uh, I just was informed that the teacher can't walk out of class, they get fired. Something got to change uh, with that. We got to reinstitute uh, uh, some rules and regulations where the teacher can send those kids to a study hall. They informed me that they don't have study halls in schools anymore. When I was going to school, they had a study hall for uh, times that your regular class wasn't in session, or for some reason the teacher wasn't there and they didn't have a substitute. You, they had a regular study hall, whether it was in the cafeteria or they always had an extra classroom somewhere where you could go to study. And uh, for whatever reason, if uh, the teacher wasn't there, or for some uh, reason that uh, the class couldn't be taught for that uh, hour, whatever it was, you could go to that study hall and you stay there until your next class. And that's what uh, should have happened in this case in South Carolina. The teacher should have dismissed that class and told those students to go to the study hall until the next class uh, come up and let let the girl that who didn't want to uh, leave let her sit there and lock the door and uh, deal with that uh, with her parents in the in the evening would have been the correct way to handle that. But they tell me that uh, teachers don't have that uh, authority, so we need as parents as adults we need to become much more active uh, in the school and how teachers deal with the situations they have to. Uh, be trained uh, a new paradigm, if, if you will, or old paradigm need to come back into uh, play here. Because when I was going to high school, they had study halls, and you could always go to that study hall if you if you didn't even go to your class, you could uh, skip your class. You could go to uh, you know you get uh, uh, whatever, but you could go to study hall and sit there for the whole day. Well, pretty much. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things we. I will be making some rounds to these schools around here, uh, and uh, speaking. And one of the things that I'm going to suggest, I'll be making school board uh, meetings and uh, trying to uh, share some light on my, uh, you know, uh, thoughts on how a school should be ran. Now it's crazy that uh, no one's thought of that. That's absolutely crazy in my mind that uh, they don't have study halls for uh, situations like this where uh, a class can be turned out and uh, the kids can be redirected to a study hall. Don't let the girl uh, get away with it. It's not like uh, she's not going to be disciplined. She will be disciplined because I will expel her from class, from school. Uh, she will not be thrown out of her seat, drug across the floor. That's a no-no. Mm-hmm. That is a no-no. You will not forcibly remove me from no class. That's out. Uh, that is out. I locked the door and let her sit there and call her parents and whoever we Come get her. Hey, I've got a call in. 1-888-588-3814. Uh, free call in to the National Black Forum. Like I said, we don't take many calls. We will take one. If anybody got uh, something to say, we'll take a call from time to time. Facebook friends, how y'all doing? 
I'm a little uh, upset this evening with uh, just that uh, just that uh, incident that went on up there in uh, South Carolina. That that thing has got me seriously uh, uh, perturbed. Ooh, yeah, that's got me seriously perturbed. Not to leave no fury. Uh, pressures that uh, 
uh, that uh, that's been there uh, in play for a uh, hundred years. Uh, that, that thing in Chicago just didn't jump up overnight. Chicago is one of the most racist cities uh, in this country here. Uh, over a period of time, that south side of Chicago was, uh, most people were just balled in there, uh, deprived of uh, their 14th Amendment rights for uh, some 90 years. See, that's, that's one of the consequences of uh, those uh, separate equal laws and uh, 14th Amendment violations that we're seeing uh, 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 coming to light now. There's places like Chicago and Detroit and uh, urban area uh, communities in the northern cities and, and just uh, the country period. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you economically, if you're at the bottom of the economic total pole, there's going to be uh, more violence in your community. That's just a natural, uh, 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 it's a natural uh, uh, outcome of uh, 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 economic inequality. It's a natural uh, outcome of it uh, in capitalism. It's a natural outcome. And the fact that uh, uh, the separate equal uh, 14th Amendment uh, uh, being uh, uh, taken away had a serious economic impact on uh, American backwards. And it hasn't been uh, reparated uh, properly. Uh, y'all. So I'm always going to be advocating for reparations, and no matter how hard we work now to try to uh, come even, uh, we can't work hard enough. We can't work hard enough, you know, to try to get even. It's impossible. No matter how hard we work, no matter that we've got folks like Oprah Winfrey and James V and all those folks with money, we're talking about 40. Three million Americans of African descent who uh, uh, don't have no money and are still suffering from uh, the uh, uh, injustices that uh, our, our ancestors endured, uh, starting uh, in 1876 when they repealed the Southern Homestead Act and they deprived uh, Americans of African descent out of 40 uh, plus million acres of property. Of real estate now. Y'all don't know that story. Very few people know that story. Very few people pay attention to that story. That is such an important part of our history. Uh, that That is such an important part of our history. Uh, the Southern Homestead Act. Uh, I urge everybody to get that uh, uh, bone up on the Southern Homestead Act. Uh, Read my book. I talk about it in my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. If you don't get anything else out of that book, read that book, and that will get you started on uh, 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 investigating uh, just what that Southern Homestead Act is and what it did to uh, uh, Americans of African descent coming out of the Civil War. Yeah, it is the reason why Booker T. Washington's uh, idea about uh, separating from uh, white society didn't work uh, is because uh, they had repealed the Southern Homestead Act some five years before he started Tuskegee. 
and we didn't have the proper amount of real estate, the proper amount of land uh, to uh, uh, for our people to uh, migrate to. If we had that 46 million acres that was set aside in that Southern Homestead Act, we would uh, uh, fly, uh, Booker T. Washington would have been the greatest thing since uh, since uh, J.C. walked over the water. Booker T. Washington would have been the greatest thing since J.C. walked over the water if uh, the ex-slaves had been allowed to get that land that was set aside for them in that Southern Homestead Act. In 1866, uh, uh, y'all check out the Southern Homestead. If we could have got that property, we would have left uh, uh, the old master's plantation, and, and uh, we would have bankrupted them because they wouldn't have had no labor. They would not have had any labor to do the work. We would have been working for ourselves uh, back then. We would have been working for ourselves. That idea about the uh, us being self-sufficient, we would have, as Booker T was talking about, we would have worked. It would have worked big time had we had a real estate, and they knew that. They weren't about to let us have. That's what the whole uh, uprising was about. Uh, in uh, the 17, the 1876 compromise, that's what that whole thing was about was about uh, taking back the 46 million acres that was set aside, sitting there on the books uh, of Congress. That's what this uh, 1876 compromise was about between the northern politicians and the southern politicians there in the government. Uh, That was about uh, repealing the Southern Homestead Act. It was about nothing else, y'all. It was about nothing else but repealing the Southern Homestead Act. They was determined not to allow those black people uh, that property because had they got uh, access to that property, had they gained control of that property, 46 million acres, uh, white people would not have had uh, workers to work those farms for the next 100 years uh, like they did. And uh, (laughs) y'all don't know. Y'all got to check your history out. Check out the Southern Homestead Act. If it don't be for the Southern Homestead Act, uh, black folks would have. It's the most important thing that ever happened uh, in this country for black people. Of the denial, the denial of the 46 million acres. The denial of this 46 million acres was uh, the uh, thing that. Uh, kept uh, black folks down, yeah. That uh, uh, caused us the economic inequality that exists today. The repeal of the Southern Homestead Act in 1876. That caused us the economic inequality that exists today. That is why we have it. No other reason. No other reason but that. And now the Republicans want to repeal uh, the Affordable Health Care Act because they realize that uh, uh, that thing helped a lot of minorities, even though it helped uh, uh, a lot more whites than it uh, do blacks. They are willing to throw 
under the bus to deny uh, access to health care for Americans for Africans. We got to preach Hey, y'all better wake up. We got to wake up. Read my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. This is a timely book, and it's, it talks about that uh, Southern Homestead Act and uh, what that thing was about. Uh, most folks don't know anything about it. Most folks can't uh, tie the pieces. I put the puzzles together. Uh, I put the pieces to the puzzle. It was nothing else. It was nothing else but that that thing uh, crippled us financially. Hey, y'all, uh, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls, y'all. We'll be right back. I'm kind of... I'm kind of fitting this evening, y'all, but we're going to take a quick pause for the calls. So you got me, Hushmo. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
talking about the talking about the virtual testing. Hey, somebody was talking about the virtual Yeah. Hey, what's going on here? Why ain't that good? <laughs> Peanut girl would get excited for when they when I stay away from them for a little while. Yeah, yeah. be all right. Relax. Thank y'all, though. Uh, they get excited when uh, we were just talking about the uh, Southern Homestead Act with the with the peanut girl over here. We're trying to most folks don't know anything about the Southern Homestead Act. And like I said, this whole thing uh, we really need to check it out. I've got to write a paper. I'm going to write me a paper about it uh, to put it out there in the public domain here. I've got to, I've got to get it out while I'm in school because that's a good way to uh, to uh, uh, get it back in the to uh, the public domain. Uh, and my mind is the greatest greatest injustice that we've ever suffered here in this country by a long shot. Uh, particularly after uh, the Civil War, particularly after that Civil War, uh, because when we had a guy uh, uh, possession of that 46 million acres, we uh, we wouldn't be here today talking about this uh, economic inequality. I assure you of that. We would not be here today talking about that. Justice we've ever uh, suffered here in this country after that civil war was a repeal of the Southern Homestead Act in uh, 1876. That uh, the Compromise of 1876, they call it. That was the compromise to get rid of uh, <laughs> to get rid of uh, the Southern Homestead Act to the pride uh, the pride of the uh, Blacks out of uh, real estate, so they would have no real estate to uh, flock to to develop on their own, to set up their own uh, 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 
$6 million acres. Uh, the blacks, remember, had all the skill uh, sets uh, back then. We had 90% of the skill sets, uh, agricultural skill sets in the South. We, we the people, we the black people, could have uh, and would have uh, uh, did a lot with that 46 million acres. Because remember, we had uh, Booker T. Washington, people like him on the horizon. Who uh, had that very uh, 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 mindset uh, to do just that? But they they saw Booker T. coming, and they got rid of that land. They got rid of that land before he was able to make. Hey, him and people like Henry uh, McNeil Turner, Henry McNeil Turner, know where that land was. He saw that uh, uh, he advocated for us to uh, get that land. They ran him out of the uh, out of the Georgia legislature, you know. During Reconstruction, Henry McNeil Turner, y'all need to read about him too. Uh, his story is uh, seldom told. His story is seldom told, you know. Get my book. I got a I got a piece in there by uh, about him, Henry McNeil Turner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I think if I ever get, uh, have to write a thesis, uh, if I ever will to get a master's or something where I have to write some kind of thesis, it will be on the Southern Homestead Act. It will be on the Southern Homestead Act. And that 46 million acres of land. That 46 million acres of land is the greatest injustice that we as a people has ever endured after uh, the Civil War. Pill of that law, the repeal of the Southern Homestead Act was the greatest injustice that ever affronted, uh, that ever came down the pike, uh, that ever came down the pike in this country, y'all. Uh, I wish our historians would uh, look at it closely and try to dissect it a little bit and uh, see exactly how that thing crippled us. <laughs> and uh, uh, that is why we uh, owned uh, reparation. One of the main reasons is because of the repeal of that law, the repeal of that subhomestead law. That was what the uh, Compromise of 1876 was about between the Northern Industrialists and the uh, Southern Dixocrats. That's what it was about, you yeah. They don't like to talk about that. They think we are still somehow running around uh, trying to find 40 acres of some darn mules. <laughs> they let us, they want us to believe that uh, we are uh, uh, still uh, <laughs> Uh, suckered into believing that we are owed some 40 acres and a beef. How cunning uh, these people are. They uh, 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 want us to believe and led us to believe, and led a lot of us to believe that that is what we are entitled to some 40 acres and a beef. No, 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 folks. It's 46 million acres of property right here in the south. 46 million acres of federal 
property that was set aside for uh, the ex -slaves. So that was a form of reparations. That was a form of reparations, yeah. And had uh, had we uh, had we been allowed by the powers that, uh, uh, to be to get that land, uh, we would be talking about this economic inequality today, 150 years later. We wouldn't be talking about that because we would have uh, dominated agriculture in the South. Black Albert's adversary would have dominated agriculture in the South. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we got somebody on the line. We'll try to pick him up right away because we're going to get off here. Hello, you got Tashbro here. Who is this? Hello? Hello? Yes, sir. I just tuned in and I'm just listening. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Hey, we're talking about the uh, Southern Homestead Act right now of 1866. Uh, oh, uh, do you know anything about the Southern Homestead Act? Uh, no, sir, bro. Okay. How the, so the Homestead Act, you know, just to fill you in quickly, because we were just uh, 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 going over a little bit of it. I mean, it's kind of deep. You know how blacks uh, are always under the assumption that we are owed this 40 acres and a mule? You've heard that term. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> 40 acres and a mule. It wasn't about that. What it's about is uh, 46 million acres that was set aside in 1866 in the Southern Homestead Act. Okay, that 46 million acres was set aside in five southern states. Federal property, not the plantation owner's property. This is federal land that was set aside in an act called the Southern Homestead Act in 1866 after the Civil War was over, okay? Precisely for the ex-slaves, okay? Now, that was a form of reparations that Abraham Lincoln and the abolitionists had came up with while they were fighting that Civil War and got it passed and stayed on the books for like 10 years. White people went crazy, and uh, much like they uh, 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 uh uh, going crazy about this Affordable Health Care Act. But that thing stayed on the books of Congress. This 46 million acres where they was giving it up, supposedly 180 acres or 88 acres, depending on the size of your family, uh, for the ex-slaves to have real estate to keep get, one of the things to get them out of white society and, and give them their own land. The white Southerners went crazy because they knew that if they allowed those black people back then to get this 46 million acres of property, they wouldn't have no laborers. They wouldn't have no laborers because the blacks had 90% of the uh, labor skills in agriculture in the South at that time. And they would have flocked to that land and uh, uh, they would have dominated agriculture in the South because they had all the skills. They did all the work, okay? So the white people railed against that for the next 10 years from 1886 until 1876. When uh, they got together with the Northern Industrialists in Congress and came up with this compromise of 1876, you may have heard of that somewhere in history, the Compromise of 1876. What that was about was, among other things, pulling the Northern troops out of the South and repealing the Southern Homestead Act, getting rid of that 
46 million acres that was on the books for blacks. And in the meantime, very few blacks got any of that property. A few of them did get some of that property in Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas, and Florida is where the property was at, okay. In 1876, when they repealed the Southern Homestead Act, they turned back 43 million acres of property to the government, unclaimed. And they, uh, blacks didn't get it because they didn't have the, the $18 that took to file the thing uh, to get a homestead of 188 acres. You needed $18 to do that. They, uh, uh, they clamped down on the blacks so tough and uh, raised so much hell from 1866 to 1876 that very few of those uh, blacks got any of that property. And they repealed it because the Northern industrialists realized that they had to get along with the whites in the South to uh, get uh, free uh, raw materials for the manufacturing plants up north, and they needed to keep labor cheap. So they got together with the uh, Southern Dixocrats and uh, uh, repealed the Southern Homestead Act in 1876 and turned 43 million acres uh, back to the government, federal government, which over the years, the next 90 years, companies like Georgia Pacific and other big lumber companies got that property and made millions of dollars off of it by uh, 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 raping the land out of the trees and stuff like that. That's the Southern Homestead Act that nobody knew about. So the white people invented this tale and fed it to us black people that we was due some 40 acres of the mule. Wasn't about a 40 acres of the mule. That's just a side show that most people uh, bought into. But it was more like 46 million acres that we should have got. And the crazy thing about it, Booker T. Washington saw all of this. Booker T. Washington, I knew that. Booker T. Washington and Henry McNeil Turner, you might not know Henry McNeil Turner, Shaw brother during Reconstruction here in Georgia. Uh, uh, he was a chaplain in the Union Army. But anyway, he knew about the property, and uh, he worked on that uh, Southern Homestead that while the Civil War was going on. Okay, so they turned this 43 uh, million acres. Three million acres was distributed over those 10 years, mostly to poor whites, and a uh, few blacks got some of that property. Not much, but 43 million acres was turned back. And Booker T. Washington, when he came along and opened up Tuskegee in 1881, uh, looking for land for black people, we didn't have any because they had repealed the thing in, uh, five years uh, uh, prior. Uh, so, so Booker T. Washington had a great idea about black people. Uh, uh, a little excited, but the problem. you you're breaking up really bad, brother. I can barely hear you. It's chopping up every other word that, that you're saying. I don't know what that is. I got it. I got got a got a disturbing system. Sorry, uh, but, uh, you went on your southern homestead act, rewrited a book of racism and an American reality. You go to websitehush.com. You can find the nah, but I, I mean, I, I I can't even make out what you're saying. It's it's, it's chopping you up really really bad. I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me? I, you, yeah, you you chopping up real bad, bro. Uh, I got to look at this. I got to see what's going on. I can hear pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, it might be like it may be something on your on the on your end on your system, you know. But I don't I don't know if anybody else can hear. You. 
I, I can't hear. I can't make out anything that you're saying because it's chopping up every every other word. Callers, maybe you can bring in another caller to see if if they're uh, experiencing the same um, thing that I am. Okay, let me let uh, you here. Uh, yeah, that's me, bro. I'm gonna let you call you a few seconds. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace. Sixty-six, and uh, how how uh, 
important it was to our development here or our assimilation into uh, the society. Uh, uh, it was the single most uh, important uh, uh, vehicle for us. Let's see, we got another call coming in. Hello, you got the Hushville and the Hushville Black Forum. Who is this? This is Zora Hart. Well, Miss Hart, uh, I had some uh, problems here uh, with my uh, communications with my last guest there. I just wanted to check out another uh, a call of them. I'm so glad you're on the air. And we couldn't uh, figure out whether it was me or uh, the other uh, callers, uh, a line that was having problems. We were talking about the Southern Homestead Act and how uh, important that thing was for uh, America's rapping and sent assimilation into uh, white society after the Civil War. Uh, am I coming through uh, uh, any clearer? Yes, you're coming through clear. I don't hear any breakup. Oh, okay, great. So perhaps it was uh, the other caller's land. We were just saying that uh, uh, in 1866, when they set aside this 46 million acres of land for uh, uh, the newly freed slaves that had they been allowed to uh, get that land, it would have made uh, their assimilation into uh, the larger society a lot uh, a lot easier. And uh, they would have had a uh, economic foundation through the 46 million acres to uh, uh, pave their way. Now, that didn't happen. They repealed that law in 1876. Uh, in this uh, compromise of 1876, where the Northern industrialists got together with the Southern Dixocrats to repeal that land in order to keep labor cheap, in order to force the people who had uh, been working on the farms and the plantation, plantations to continue to uh, work those farms. So uh, uh, that was a Southern Homestead Act. We were just kind of going over it. Uh, I don't know if you have any opinions about it. But, uh, and you can hear me, though, pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, I have no opinions, but I can hear you clearly. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I just uh, I want to make sure that my uh, reception and my uh, uh, audio was going out clear. I see. Uh, but uh, what else you got on your mind? You got anything on your mind in particular that you want to talk about while, while I got you here? I was I was sharing a conversation with my sister about uh, the gruesome uh, grim tales, uh, the original how gruesome they were originally speaking, as opposed to the Disney versions of the um, fairy tales. Since this is all Halloween, I, I we were talking about that that came up for us. But. The the Halloween uh, you're talking about the. Uh, 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 the uh, I guess uh, what do you call it? the fairy tales that was read or yes. created around brothers, Halloween? Yes, the Brothers Graham Hope uh, fairy tales that are now have been updated by Disney to be for children. Originally, they were for adults, so we kind of found that out. Yeah. They were originally for adults, they were very gruesome, contained a lot of blood and gore, but now well, they're kind of. They've kind of cleaned it up and, and kind of uh, uh, softened it up for our kids because when I was coming up, you know, a lot of a lot of adults did play into that uh, uh, gruesomeness of uh, Halloween because the city of Detroit they used to burn that place down every uh, Halloween. 
I mean, literally burned the city down almost. Uh, uh, so there was a lot of violence involved with Halloween, like when I was uh-huh. a kid. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't uh, paid too much attention to Halloween lately because yeah, since my kids uh, left, we very seldom get any uh, trick-or-treaters to the house. So it's not oh, yeah. a little... Miss Hart, let me see if I can get this other call on the line. I see you done call back, see if I can get uh, a little better okay. uh, uh, communication yeah. with him. I appreciate you calling in. All right, thanks. Have a good show. Bye-bye. Hello, go ahead. You're on the hospital platform. Okay, yeah, I got you. Maybe it's my phone. I, I hear you loud and clear now. Okay, because I, I, I know the caller call in, and uh, they can hear me pretty cl- uh, clear. So I, I just wanted to make okay. sure it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was my life. You know, one of the things, brother, I, when you were talking about that um, that particular law, the Southern uh, Homes it just, I, Yeah, Southern Homes said that, yes, sir. Uh-huh. It, it really just kind of reminded me that, you know, no matter you know how we try to uh, play these political games uh, with these Europeans. W- one thing is is uh, constant, and that's this: they can change and manipulate, and redo, and undo, and redo again, and untie and tie up any law, statute, promise, uh, gesture that they've ever made, uh, and you know, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get that through our, our black thick heads. <laughs> uh, and you're absolutely right, because you remember now, uh, if you write the law, if you're the writer of the law, uh, uh, you're going to think uh, that you've got the uh, the right to do that. I mean, if you write that's the right. law and stuff, and that's what's happening. That's what's happening. There's nothing about, uh, you know, they got some great ideas in the Declaration of Independence talking about everybody is created equal and all this and that. That all sounds good until uh, the equality start to uh, uh, impugn on or impugn on their uh, uh, their uh, 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 wealth or whatnot. You know, then uh, uh, <laughs> it's different. That's a very good uh, uh, observation. Well, and I, I was on the show, and I, I was telling, I said, I said, listen, you know, laws are written by men, and they're written on paper. And it's written that for same, them. <laughs> That's right. You take yeah. that same paper and put some weed in it, and, and roll up a joint and smoke. It. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <that's, laughs> <laughs> and you're absolutely right, and that's about what all is worth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hey, hey, where you coming? Where you coming from tonight? I'm calling out of Michigan. Man. I heard you say Detroit. You in Detroit? Oh yeah, no, I'm in Atlanta. We we originated in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh okay, yeah, I'm 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 in I'm in Michigan. Calling out of yeah. Michigan. Yeah, I was I was telling that last call about the, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I used to live in Akron, Ohio, coming up. But I'm from Georgia. But I I lived in Akron, Ohio, back in the fifties, and. Uh, they used to set Detroit on fire every Halloween. <laughs> so I said, I don't know if they still do that or not, but uh, it used to be crazy over there on Halloween. It, it, they ain't got much to set on fire now. <laughs> uh, that's what I understand. That's what I understand. I haven't been there in some years. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. But I, I you know when you were saying that, bro, I mean, and and just you sharing that that I, I didn't know that history, but it it certainly um it it fits right in with all of the rest of the history. And I didn't even know that. So it you know yeah. I don't know I, I don't know what it's going to take, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I was able to share something. Now, if you want to read more about it, like I said, go to my website, hushmoblack.com, and I got a book out there. I think it's like three dollars for the digital version of it, uh, and you can uh, check a little more out about the Southern Homestead Act. It was the greatest injustice that ever uh, was perpetrated on us uh, after coming out of that Civil War. Uh, that was the real estate that would have allowed us to uh, uh, assimilate into white society if we could have got that land because we did all the work. We had all the skills to work the land. But the uh, the white folks have seen that uh, uh, that would have uh, uh, allowed us to uh, 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 take our labor skills away from them. They would have had us to work for nothing for the next hundred years on the uh, farms and stuff down here in the South. So, yeah, the Southern Homestead Act. It's a great piece of history. Well, and what- I'll let you. I'll let you move on. Uh, uh, when you when you look at that non-emotionally, uh, you, you almost can't blame them. You know what I mean? Hey, I mean, no. <laughs> what man? What man in their right mind is going to uh, uh, fund their enemy or potentially enemy uh, to come up and and do what they've done to them? I mean, why, why even take the chance? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Oh God, it's just so crazy. I mean, I, I the first part of my show, I reel about the uh, uh, the white officer uh, dragging the black student across the room in South Carolina. That thing still got me upset so bad. I don't know what to do. But uh, yeah, you know, you can't really just well, yeah, I can lay some blame on them. I mean, a lot of us our fault, but I can blame them. I, I'm always gonna blame them. I mean, I didn't just come to this country on my own. They drug me over here in chain. Uh, with the help of some That's of my right. Over in uh, the motherland now, but they drug us over here and changed and uh, enslaved me and, and then made me property some kind of way. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and with that, uh, that uh, issue in uh, uh, South Carolina, you're absolutely right. But I, I just my, my it makes my blood boil, man, when I see that. Every time I see it, I mean, I, oh, it just does oh. something to me, man. It, it yeah. really does. <laughs> Yeah, one of the most vicious attacks I've ever seen on our young people. We got to do a much better job of uh, protecting our young folks. I mean, the teacher didn't handle it. I blame a lot of that on the teacher too, because it was a black teacher male standing up in there and allowing that to happen. But you know, you got a, a situation like that. When I was coming up, man, that teacher would have uh, uh, dismissed the class and walked out the classroom, let that girl sit there, and then got with her parents, man, and uh, uh, cleared right. that thing up next day. You ain't got no business break, no policeman in there for stuff like that. Well, and, and you know, n- no one has still really uh, uh, said what she was doing to actually disrupt the class. Uh, and certainly she shouldn't have, whatever she was doing, but you know, if it was just texting, you know, that means that's just a child looking for attention. Right. And, and to see that, and even if the brother, you know, the teacher, he couldn't handle the girl or he called the officer in there, once he saw what that officer was doing, uh, yeah. he should have intervened. Now, I'm going to tell you he something. He should have intervened. Now, intervened. now, what them brothers in South Carolina ought to do, there's, there's two ass whoopers that should be given out, uh, one to the teacher yeah. uh, and one to that officer who can get their hands on him. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, man, because that thing just made me sick. I thought, wow, this is unbelievable. I mean, teacher, got to be able to handle that situation, man. Dismiss the class. Class dismissed. I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'm locking this door up. And if that lady girl want to sit there, she can sit there until I can get to her parents and let her parents deal with that stuff. That's right. Well, I, what I, and you're absolutely right. I just an alternative way. And I was telling some uh, brothers on another show. I said one of the things that officer could have done, he probably could have just sat behind that young sister. Uh, clearly, she was looking for attention. Yeah. He could have probably sat behind her in that desk. Uh, if they would have just ignored her, and uh, and the teacher went on about the business of teaching, she probably would have stopped texting. Uh, saw that she wasn't going to get any attention, and that yeah. would have been the end of that. Yeah, you got to, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe a policeman should come in that classroom with a gun, man, unless somebody's in there fighting or shooting. That policeman at that school should stop uh, folks coming into school shooting and stuff like that and gang banging. That's one thing. But to go in there and get a girl, young lady, one of our young ladies sitting at that desk, you know, no matter how uh, stubborn she is, like I said, I, if I'm the teacher, I'm going to walk out of that classroom and we'll dismiss the whole class for that. Go to the hall somewhere. Go reconvene tomorrow. I'm a with That's her. right. I'm not in my hand. Yeah, in the other situation, man, you know, court. Yeah, yeah, you're breaking up again. I, I don't know. It's the devil in this phone. But the other, the other uh, uh, issue was, you know, the question was, would he have thrown a little white girl across the room like that? Yeah, I think my phone is messed up again. Can you hear me, bro? conservatives and I don't you know I don't really care but uh, uh, I said uh, I said let me tell you something I said a black officer wouldn't have never threw a lily white uh, girl across the room like that but I said for one reason you'd have been scared to death to do it you'd have been scared what white would have done to ass if you'd have done it Thank you. 
social justice for justice, period. Not because we don't love everybody. We do love everybody, no matter your color. No matter your color. Uh, color don't have anything to do with my uh, love. Absolutely not. There is no uh, color in my love. Uh, I want to let you know that. It's by extension that we find ourselves advocating for that community. And Lord knows uh, the African-American community needs all the advocacy that it can get. We're at the bottom of the total pole, y'all, economically, in a lot of other social ways here, uh, dealing with just social justice and how uh, the legal system is... Uh, uh, treating our people these days during 2015 with a black president, uh, we uh, we we've got to uh, we've got to uh, do a lot of work uh, in terms of uh, uh, becoming more involved with what's going on here politically. This political uh, junk that's going on in this country today is scary. Uh, it is scary, and uh, some of these folks that want to be president, even this black guy, being Carson, some of that stuff he's talking is crazy. Uh, I respect that guy as a doctor or whatever. I expect him. I respect him from just uh, being black and successful. I admire him for that. But some of the stuff that's coming out of his mouth is just scary. That guy would scare me to death if he ever came anywhere close to that office of president. Yeah. He scared me to death. I'm telling you that right now. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I would be frightened to death that that guy got anywhere near the office of a president here in this country. But yeah, just we gotta pay attention. We gotta be more politically savvy and uh, get out and vote. Whatever you do, vote and uh, make your voices heard. Uh, make your voices heard. Hey, uh, welcome to the Hushville Black Forum. It's been a pleasure uh, being out here with y'all this evening, Saturday, October 31st. We, uh, just been, uh, so hyped up, uh, since we, uh, since this thing happened in South Carolina. I mean, we've really been, uh, on edge, uh, just looking at that thing, every time I look at it, I just uh, cringe up. I, I can't think of a reason why uh, that should have happened to that young lady. No matter, uh, she didn't hit nobody. No matter what else she did, she didn't deserve that. And we should not allow, we cannot sit idly by and allow that to happen to our young folks. We cannot do it as a community. We cannot do it. <sighs> hey, y'all, it's about a quarter till. We got about 15 more. We got one more sec- uh, segment to go before we close this thing out tonight. Uh, basketball season started. You know, I'm a sports fan, although I don't follow sports uh, like I used to, but I am a homie. All the Atlanta teams, I'm 
their biggest supporter, the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hawks. The Hawks just started. I think we're two and one so far. Uh, looks like we got a pretty decent team because a lot of our players haven't played yet. And uh, so it looks like we've got a pretty decent team. Uh, we've got a great coach. Uh, so I think we're going to be ready to think of things. We're going to have to deal with King James up there in Cleveland. But uh, I think we, we're going we're gonna to be right there. At the end of the day, at the end of the next June, when the NBA season finally ends, uh, <laughs> that's the longest season in the world, y'all. That NBA, that thing lasts, what, six months? Yeah, six plus months, that thing run. What is it, October? And we done played three games already, so that thing lasts almost, run almost to May or June sometime before the playoffs uh, finally uh, finish. But anyway, the Hawks going to be right there, y'all. Y'all can put money on there. Don't put too much, but <laughs> you can put money on the Hawks, y'all. Pistons, my man just called from Detroit, from, uh, well, Michigan. I know he's a Pistons fan. The Pistons are pretty tough. They came out there and beat us on our opening night, but I don't think about halfway through the season, I don't think the Pistons are going to be able to touch us. But uh, Falcons, y'all, 6-1. and one. My Falcons are 6-1 and one, playing Tampa Bay tomorrow. I wouldn't mind seeing Jameis Winston, but I'm going to look at him on TV. Somebody's got a ticket to sell. I gave up my season tickets for the Falcons about three years ago. Just didn't have time to go there. I found myself selling most of my season tickets every Sunday, so I didn't, uh, I gave them up. I, you know, I'm offering to do things, doing my talk show here on Blog Talk. I love uh, being out there with uh, my fans, my Facebook fans, my cyberspace fans. I, I, I like to talk to, I like to, uh, I'm a writer, I try to tell my books. I got two books, y'all. Go to hushmoblack.com. Anybody, hushmoblack, H-U-S-H-M-O-B-L-A-C-K.com. That's hushmoblack.com. Pick up my books. Read about the Southern Homestead Act. Read about racism and hate and American reality. Uh, I I, uh, add my two cents to uh, what's going on in the society today. I, I, you know, I've been around in 70 years. I've got some insight. I've got some insight from just the science of observation, though, over 70 years. i got a perspective that uh, some might find uh, interesting. I, I, I mean, anybody. I, I'm going to have a reader, too. I can find something in just about any book I pick up that I, I, I love to read. Check my uh, stuff out. Racism and Hate in American Reality. My first book was The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. That, that, uh, that's a great read. I talk, uh, started out as my autobiography. It kind of morphed into a trilogy dealing with my family here in Georgia and uh, my, uh, my escapades in uh, Vietnam while I was in the military. I got wounded in Vietnam in eight, 1966, uh, I was a Marine, got wounded over there, spent about a year in the hospital from that, uh, from those injuries, so I've got a certain tell about that. I really had uh, quite a, uh, the spiritual epiphany that I share in that book, and uh, changed my life uh, forever, uh, but uh, yeah, 
the life and trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. Uh, y'all pick it up. It's on my website, hushboneblack.com or amazon.com, any other, wherever fan books are sold. You can find my work. The World Series, uh, Kansas City was up two to one. I don't know, uh, well, two to nothing they were up. I don't know the third game is tonight. I haven't had time to tune in, but uh, the Mets better pick it up. I'm naturally rooting for the Mets because uh, they're, it's a National League team, and I root for the National League because the Braves are in the National League, but they're not uh, in the playoffs or the World Series or whatever. I, I, I normally just root for the National League team, although I, I, I love some of the American League teams. Uh, Cleveland used to be Cleveland Indian used to be my, one of my favorite teams when I was uh, youngster. Don't like the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> No, my father never did like the Yankees. He was a big baseball fan, but uh, Cleveland was his team. He he did not like the Yankees, but I uh, always respected them. Oh, I got a lot of respect for the Yankees. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't root for them. But, uh, you can't help but to uh, respect uh, what they've done over the years. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, well, a lot of I lived in Ohio during some of my formative years. I uh, so the Indians, the Cleveland Browns, they were all uh, um, my childhood teams, and I, I always still root for them. Uh, when I'm not root for uh, my home team of uh, Atlanta, when I'm not root for them, I'll root for the Browns, except if they play in. Uh, The Falcons, <laughs> but yeah, I saw the first game Jim Brown played uh, back in '57. I saw the first game he ever played in his life in the NFL. Yeah, Paul Brown was the coach. Paul Brown, uh, Jim Brown didn't start that game. His first game, he didn't start. They had him running the kickoff back. He got the ball. The first time he touched the ball was in the NFL. Was on the kickoff return. He caught the ball at about the 10-yard line, started upfield, and was hit by two uh, players. I think it was the Baltimore Coast. I'm not sure. Don't fit me to that. About two uh, other teams uh, tackled him at about the 15-yard line. He drug those two about another five yards, and two old defensive players hit him. So he had four hanging on to him uh, about the 20. He drug them up to about the 35 or 40, about Three or four more defensive players hit him. Uh, so he had about six or seven players hanging on him at that time. He drove that whole pile all the way up to the 40, 50 yard line. By the time he came down, it was about 11 uh, players on top of him. He moved that whole pile, y'all, about 50 yards, about 15 to 20 yards uh, after uh, they had got him. He moved that whole pile down. It was like a, uh, <laughs> a igloo moving out of the uh, <laughs> He moved that old five. I, I bet everybody on the defensive team touched him. And uh, he, when the play was over, he started back off the field because he wasn't in the starting lineup. Paul Brown met him halfway on the field so to get back in there. And he, he never did come out of a game uh, his uh, nine years with the Browns after that. He never came out of the game. Missed very few plays. That was the days when uh, the players played the whole game. Every play, uh, Jim Brown. 
the best running back that NFL has ever seen uh, or done. I, I, I love a lot of running backs. I start, I, I compare them to Jim. <clears throat> Jim is a standard. Jim, in my mind, because, you know, I, I have an affinity with him from that first game. Uh, Jim Brown, the greatest that ever done it, yeah. And that league... But yeah, so that uh, that's my connection to uh, the Cleveland Browns. Mm, now they're dealing with uh, Johnny Manziel and uh, whether or not he's a football player. Now, I think he's going to be a pretty good football player if we could ever uh, get us all feel uh, distractions uh, straightened out. I think he's going to be a pretty good. I think he's a pretty good player myself. Now that's just me. But they keep moving them in and out. I got somebody in front of them. I just throw them out there and let them play and see what happens for about over 10 games. Let's see if you're a player or not. Got to let them know. 10 games. Got to let them know. Whether you're a football player or not. We uh, coming on down, y'all. It's about uh, six minutes till nine o'clock here. We're just about at the end of the Hushville Back Forum for this evening. Yeah, I do uh, appreciate y'all listening in. My audience, tell a friend about us. The Hushville Back Forum. We come to you live in living color every Saturday from seven to nine over uh, Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio, y'all. Uh, you can tune in over uh, the Facebook page. You can check our Facebook page out. Go to HushmoBlack.com, uh, my website, and then uh, you can get my Facebook page from there. Uh, there's a button. Just click on it, follow us from there. You can follow us from the website. or uh, You don't have to listen to the whole show. I've got them archived. All my shows are archived on my website. Hushmoblack.com. You can go back and listen to last week, so download it at any time. And that's uh, a JPEG file. You can download those things. Uh, it's on uh, iTunes or whatever. And then, uh, you know, listen to it at your leisure. Uh, it's two hour, two-hour show, so very few people have time to listen to the whole show at once. And uh, that was down. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. <laughs> 